Happy Cinco de Mayo, kids! Welcome to Sports Frenzy 2.0-5521. Cinco de Mayo we're taping on. This will hit tomorrow morning on the 6th. If you're up from your hangovers <laughs> after all your margaritas and cervezas. Mas tequila, as the great, glorious Sammy Hagar would say or sing. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. And uh, we are hoping that we don't have the technical glitches that we had last week. I think we've got everything worked out. So we're here to give you a massive, full, blowing apart at the seams edition. We've got the NFL draft. We've got tons of NASCAR news, tons of dumbasses, tons of baseball. So let's get into it. As I mentioned last week, compensating, not for my equipment, but for our technical difficulties, I had to record a, a last-minute segment to fill out last week's episode. So I actually knew when I recorded that the Bears had taken Justin Fields with their first pick. So I will humbly pass the mic to the Conquistador to get his view on that pick. Where the hell was this smarts from Pace throughout his career in Chicago? It takes him having his job on the line to actually make some smart moves in the draft. Seriously. Yeah, I, but, I like it. Yeah, but you and I have talked about this. I, I am, and I said this last week, my opinion was I like it, but I am going to be very cautious with my enthusiasm because I remember Jay Cutler and I remember Mitch Trubisky and I don't like giving up all the draft picks we've given up for a couple guys. Because then we get to the second round, and of course, they traded up again to get uh, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. But that was a huge need. That was a filled. massive need. And it finally allowed us to get rid of Leno, Charles Leno Jr., the revolving door, the drive killer. Yeah. And now I did some research on Nick Foles, by the way. And if we wait until after June the 1st to trade him or cut him, we will not take the massive hit that uh, I think you and I discussed here a month or two ago. Right. Whereas if we cut him before June the 1st, we would have got a negative, negative hit. Right. So we'll actually get money back, really, if we trade him. Which you know, I've heard the Jets might be interested. That's the rumblings I've been hearing. If we as well. even if even if we swap seventh round picks just to make it a trade, I think we end up saving four million dollars. That would be huge for this cash strapped team. But what do you think about the rest of the draft? You did you did much more of a. I deep went dive in a little bit deeper. Um, fifth round, we got another offensive lineman, Larry Barham from uh, Missouri. Again, another person to get into the offensive line rotation. From what I've read, solid player, should be able to make an impact. Uh, sixth round, three picks. Picked up uh, Khalil Horbin from Va Tech at running back. Uh, Daz Newsom, wide receiver out of North Carolina. And uh, cornerback out of Oregon. Thomas Granlin Jr. So not bad there. And then the seventh, we got a nose tackle out of BYU, Caris Tonga. So in the Bears, in the history of the Bears, even going back before Pace, the history over the last 15 years or so has been our first round picks blow goats. Yeah, usually. A after the first round, the Bears really kind of end up doing a pretty good job. Yeah, they tend to shine once they get past the first. Yeah, they so still, they still have a couple stinkers there in the second and third rounds if you go back. Um, but some of those were reaches too, right? Especially tight ends. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. The, at the, least we didn't have to go there this year. Yeah, but they kept Jimmy. So <sighs> old and slow. Well, his numbers last year weren't terrible, so I guess we'll give him a break. But. Um, so yeah, I cautiously optimistic, it's probably it, not as enthusiastic as you, but, um, 
I, I feel better about these picks than I have out of the last several drafts paces made. At least needs were addressed for once instead of taking best available or athletic, any of those euphemisms for <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're doing. And no tight ends. God, no tight ends. Um, let's look at some of the other teams you and I follow. Of course, your, uh, your backup team is the Dolphins. Yep. Solid first round with two picks. Um, was it Jalen Waddle, receiver out of Alabama, reunites with Tua, and then uh, Phillips, defensive end from out of the U from the U. Two big needs that the Dolphins had. Second round, they picked up uh, Jaron Holland, a safety out of Oregon, and Liam Eichberg, offensive. Tackle for Notre Dame. Is Eichenberg, you are the Notre Dame expert. Eichenberg is a solid, solid lineman. And uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but. uh, He's a solid tackle that should be able to protect the blind side. I was shocked. Notre Dame had nine picks in this draft, tied for third with Georgia. That's impressive. That is impressive. Unfortunately, that means Brian Kelly's going to stick around for a while. Yeah. I've, it comes down to some recruiting in that regard. There's Clemson, Alabama, and then everybody else. Well, yeah, Alabama. Now Clemson did not have that many players this year. No, they did not. Not, not so they were. They didn't have they the bounty. Younger. It was class. actually Alabama and Ohio State with ten each. Yeah, were the top schools, and then as I mentioned, Notre Dame and Georgia were tied for third. With nine. Yeah. Clemson was further on down. So, so I mean, historically, when you're right, looking at right. but, yeah, I know over the mean. last several I know what you mean. signing classes. Yeah. Well, Alabama and Clemson are always, until they figure out how to make this more competitive in terms of recruiting, in terms of the, the bowl championship series. Yeah. The BS series, as I call it. Um, Alabama and Clemson and Georgia... Notre Dame, they're going to always get the best recruits. you got to figure out a way to make it so that a Cincinnati, a BYU, those type of schools can actually get back up to where they were 20, 30 years ago and actually have a shot yeah. at a national championship to attract More. bigger and better recruits. Yeah. It gets interesting. And so, so we didn't talk about this last week with the Dolphins. I want to bring this up because, again, with the glitches we had, some of the topics we were going to talk about kind of uh, fell by the wayside. But how did you feel about um, Eric Flowers getting traded back to the, the Washington football team? Uh, I, it was one of those, if you didn't want him, why the hell did you take him to begin <laughs> with? I mean, was this some sort of deal you had for cap movement? I don't know. So it would just, that was a screwy situation I didn't get. Now, the one thing I want to bring up, and I'm not trying to be antagonistic. Yes, yes, you are. (laughs) But you and I watched the draft with the elder statesman. And one of the things I think, I thought we agreed upon was that I know you're you're very positive on Jalen Waddell, as you should be. But wasn't there really a part of you that thought that it should have been Devonta Smith? It damn well should have been Devonta Smith. Yeah. That is the best receiver out there. But I think they were trying to go back that Tua had more of a relationship with Waddle. Okay. It's what I was Even thinking. though they're both from Alabama. Right. Yes. Because Tua is a year removed right. from Smith being the go-to guy. And so Tua and Waddle hooked up more. Which goes back to what the Bengals did for their receiver, picking Chase, yeah. Chase Burroughs, Burroughs go-to yeah. guy from yeah. LSU. Right. So it was everybody was trying to sync up and try and right. recapture that right. magic. Yeah, and I don't know how happy Smith was when he found out that the Eagles were drafting him. Oof. <laughs> I think he actually wanted to go to New York. He was thinking that New York might trade up to get him or he might slip to 11 because I don't think the Giants would have made the trade with the Bears 
if Devonta Smith was still on the board, I don't think the Giants would have moved. They would have taken him. Yeah, I'm sure but they would But once he came off the board because of the, the insidious little NFC East wheelings and dealings that happened there, with Dallas dealing with the Eagles to let them have that pick and jump ahead of the Giants actually played out in favor of the Bears. Yes, it did. So it helped the Bears out tremendously with their little cabal right. move. Now it's time to talk about the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how brilliant they are. We were Here talking we about Kyle Trask if the Bears actually stayed at 20. Trask would and, have been. And, get, no, and getting an offensive lineman, no, at 20. Oh, no, that's right. Getting the, the, the offensive tackle at 20 and not giving away picks, and then sliding back into the second round. Would Trask be available? I didn't think he would be, and he ends up sliding all the way back to the end of the second round and is now the heir apparent to the GOAT. Wow. The Bucks just fall ass back. I was just going to say now. that was the biggest freaking lucky streak <laughs> that they could have possibly had. Now, they also... At the end of round three, got another offensive tackle from Notre Dame, uh, Robert Hainsey. Yeah. Again, I don't know how good he is, but decent. Usually, Notre Dame offensive tackles, offensive linemen, history is very good there. Yeah. So I'm very happy with the Bucks. They also a couple weeks ago got Antonio Brown back, so the band is back together in Tampa. There you go. Get ready for good. another Buccaneers championship. They damn well could. We'll see. I don't know. It's hard to repeat. I, I, but, not, yeah, I. I don't but know. But the chemistry's there. Well, they brought everybody back. That's what I mean. They've but got they're the getting chemistry. Older. They are all getting older. Not just Brady, but they're all getting older. Now, we'll recap here real quick the top picks. Let's do some like rapid fire impressions. So number one, Trevor Lawrence, undisputed. Yep, and I think he's going to be good. I don't know how good Urban Meyer's going to be, they, yeah. but I think Trevor Lawrence will be good. Um, number two, Zach Wilson. We'll see. To the Jets. Hot mom! Hot mom! When he came out, all I thought was, oh my God, it's surfer dude, Jimmy Clausen <laughs> reboot. No, he's a pretty boy. He's a like you said, like Jimmy Clausen. He's a pretty boy. I don't know if I'd go surfer dude because he's a Mormon. Yeah, but he's got but that, he's got that hair, look. He does the have look, the look. That's yeah. If you didn't know he was a Mormon, absolutely hundred percent surfer dude. You're right. Number three, Trey Lance. This is the guy that San Francisco moved up to get from North Dakota State Could to this... take over for Jimmy. If not this year, next year for sure. Could this be the second coming of Mitch? Or it could be the second coming of Carson Wentz. Or it could be the second coming of Josh Allen because it's a small it's school quarterback yeah. who did not play a ton of games against a ton of top-level competition. Yeah. So They're hoping that they get Allen. Yeah. Going back to number 15, the final of the five big quarterbacks drafted in this 2021 draft, Mac Jones from Alabama did fall to the Patriots, which three months ago was initially what everybody expected. Yeah. And then, of course, oh, no, San Francisco's taking him. They played that game, fooled everybody. So what do you think about Mac Jones going to uh, Mr. Belichick? That's probably the right place for him as a true system that they have in place. He kind of fits that mold. Do you think at any point this year he would unseat Cam Newton and take over as a starter, or do you think he's going to sit for an entire year? Knowing Belichick, they're going to sit him for the whole year. I think you're right. I think you're That's right. That's the smart thing to do. I think do. you're right. And I think he wants to give Cam one more year without COVID to prove to everybody that he is not as bad as he looked yeah. after the first couple games last season. All right. One more topic here on the NFL before we wrap up segment one. The big topic of the last week or two has been Mr. Jeopardy. Oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like it in Green Bay anymore. He wants out. The week one? 
Boy, the Namby Pamby. He is turning into a wine bag now. I'm so tired of every sport now has a whiner, a crier, a baby as as the face of the league. And you know what the Packers need to do? They need to call his damn bluff and say, you know what? We're not trading you. We're not releasing you. You sit out, you sit out. You want to retire? Retire. Done. Well, now what I've heard uh, here over the last day or two really makes me Obviously, as a Bears fan, I don't like him. I respect him, but I don't like him. As a person, I'm learning to hate him more and oh, more with each and every garbage. day. Well, and I've heard he's saying nasty stuff about the GM behind his back, Brian uh, Kunst. Kunst. I probably but I probably butchered that. Yeah. But but he's calling him like a uh, little Jerry Krause. Y- yeah. You know. Uh, he- Rodgers has got such a freaking ego. Well, it's not just him, though. If you start thinking about some of the quotes we've seen, Russell Wilson a few months back was pulling the same caused type of a thing. stir in Seattle because he was talking about, I should have, so did Deshaun Watson, I should have influence. I should have on the some draft. say in who my teammates are. And then Kyler are Murray's be. coming out and saying that. Everybody's going, Kyler Murray? No. Who the hell are you? What have you done to say you should have influence on the Cardinals draft? No players should have that kind of influence. Now, if this is just a money grab for Rodgers, we've been there, we've done that. We've seen that with countless dozens upon dozens upon dozens of athletes in all major sports. Yeah. But this has been building for a few years now. And I just wonder about this guy. He just seems like he's kind of, you know, a douche. Yeah. He just really does. You know, you know what? And a, good luck, Shailene Woodley. This is the man you're going to marry. Let's see if you even get to the altar, let alone if it lasts three years beyond that. And you wonder why Danica yeah. raced away. <laughs> oh, no pun intended. <laughs> Padupa. <laughs> all right, no, kids. Just retire your ass, Rogers. That way we don't have to freaking yeah, deal up, with give you. Give up all that money. Give up what? I think they said $14 million he would end up giving up? Yeah. Idiot. Wouldn't. Jesus. Grow up, you pain in the ass. And I don't think they're offering him the Jeopardy job. I really don't. No. No. All right, kids, that's it for segment one for this week. We'll be right back. Here's a quick promo. And the Conquistador and I will return in just a second. Hello, all you denizens out there in podcast land. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the Conquistador, Dave Height. And we're not your typical ranting and raving sports podcast here at Sports Frenzy 2.0. New episodes drop every Thursday, by the way. We're extraordinary ranters and ravers when it comes to sports, NBA, NHL, NFL, anything under the sun that involves sports. We're going to cover it. We're going to rip it apart. So be sure to tune in on Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and of course, our home base, Spotify and Anchor. And just remember, like Lieutenant Colonel Kilgore said in Apocalypse Now, I love the smell of sports frenzy in the morning. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Cinco de Mayo. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. Got some baseball news for you, but first we would be remiss if we did not tell all you good people out there where to find us. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you found us somewhere, but here are all the options. You've got Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Breaker, and now verified and confirmed we are on Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. Do not forget, you can also visit our Facebook page to get our weekly NASCAR picks, and when football season rolls around, those picks will be posted weekly as well. All right. I ran and raves about the Cubs last week. Not going to do it this week. They're playing better. They just swept the Dodgers. God, they have fallen. The Dodgers have. Yeah, the yeah. Dodgers I mean, the are Cubs sucking. already suck, but, I mean, for the Cubs to beat them in two straight games yesterday was pretty awesome for the Cubs. And they beat Kershaw and Bauer. They knocked Kershaw around like a bitch. One inning. Kershaw's shortest, I think, shortest start of his career. Yeah. Now, that being said, of course, there's got to be bad news for the Cubs. Jake Arrieta and Nico Horner both go on the IL. The Cubs right now, as we tape this, 14 and 16, they're in fourth place. 
in the NL Central, three and a half behind the St. Louis Cardinals. Much more news to talk about, though, with the White Sox. I will kick it over to the Conquistador. Gah! Coming into today, we're at 16 and 12, tied with the Royals for first in the Central. And we drop an extra innings game to the Reds, one nothing. So we're 16 and 13. Oh, that was more on this today's game. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Luis Robert on Sunday. Out 12 to 16 weeks after tearing his hip flexor. That hurts. Um, God, that's our outfield is done for. Because he joins Eloy Jimenez out for the regular season. And Adam Engel is on the IL as well with a hamstring issue. Although the good news is Engel's getting close to a return. And you and I have talked about this. I think you guys will still be good. Eloy could come back. Robert could come back before the end of the regular season, ready for the postseason. And you guys should be able to tread water and still win that division. I would hope if it wasn't for our dumbass and I'm doing it early, Tony fucking Larusa screwed the pooch big time today. Did not know the rules for extra inning baseball. That's inexcusable for a manager. I was pissed he was hired because he was too old for the game that it passed him by. And here is solid fricking proof has Liam Hendricks on second base to start the top of the 10th because he made the last out the previous inning. He could have run anybody, but he didn't know the rules. And instead, we wind up losing because Hendrick winds up at third with uh, Leary Garcia on first. Garcia gets thrown out at second trying to steal because LaRusso wanted him to try and get out of a double play situation. And during all that, Hendricks, being a pitcher, doesn't know to try and break for home. Completely jacked up situation. This is at least the fifth game LaRusso's ineptitude has cost us this year. This is a guy also who's been caught on camera sleeping in the frickin' dugout. Oh. So, so pissed. I think it's safe to say after my rant last week about Uncle Rossi that neither one of us are happy with our managers in Chicago. Not even remotely close. Chicago sports right now are a clusterfuck. Let's put it that way. There's nothing really positive to say. I still think the White Sox are the best bet to end up being some semblance of a potential championship team. Out of all the other, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the Cubs, the Bears. Right now, we've got the talent there. We're just lacking a freaking manager and to got, put it all and together. the injuries don't help. No, the injuries hurt. This was a team put together to win. Injuries have hurt, but we don't have anybody with a brain to lead us. We would be remiss here, as we mentioned, taping on uh, the night of Cinco de Mayo. If we did not mention just a couple hours ago, the third no-hitter of the year was thrown by John Means of the Baltimore Orioles, threw on against uh, Seattle. And similar to Carlos Rodon, the one thing that kept him from a perfect game was a wild pitch. Hit batter. So, Gah. but congrats. Nicely done. What does that say, though, about the hitting in the league? That, that we've already the got third? Already. We're barely over a month in. We've already got three no-hitters. It's because of the launch angles. Oh, yeah, the, the metrics and... All the, the geeks with their numbers and their abacuses and their yeah. calculators and, and crunching here, all this, coming up with new stats. And here the Sox are leading both leagues in ground balls. And coming into today, that hurts not scoring, but we were second in baseball, leading the AL in run differential at a plus 37. Go right. figure. Real quick, let's go to hockey. I know you've got your numbers about uh, who's heading for the playoffs, but I would prefer let's just stick to the big the big story of the week and talk about this for a couple minutes. The Capitals' Tom Wilson. The goon? Oh, my God, beaten this up guy. On, beaten up on a couple Rangers, including our Timmy Panarin. Yep. 
and Buknevich. And he gets next to nothing as a penalty. Now, the, the fine, he got a $5,000 fine, which was collectively bargained. Right. So there's nothing you can do about that, but no suspension. No, he only got fined for the cheap shot to the back of the head of Buknevich while they were on the ice. And, you know, punch the guy's head into the ice. Come on. This Wilson is a guy who back in March was suspended seven games for a cheap shot boarding penalty against the Bruins. The guy's got a history. The commentators have been saying here for a couple of years that he's been on short leash. That is ridiculous based on what we just saw handed down in terms of a penalty right. for him. If NHL wants to get this shit out of the play, they need to come down hard on this stuff, and they failed in this instance. And somehow the Rangers end up botching this. Not only do they look like, as my one of my favorite radio hosts, Greg Giannotti, said this morning, they look like a bunch of pussies, and of course he's going to get nailed and fined for that since he's going over CBS Sports Network and WFAN out of New York. Yeah. But they fire their GM and their president today, the Rangers do, after they come out and say that the head of player safety, safety George Peros, should be fired because he's incompetent. So, so somehow the Rangers end up penalizing their own guys in the front office for trying somehow to say – this is bullshit with Wilson. You're letting him skate on this, no pun intended. Yeah. And now they got to go back to back on another game. So we'll see if the Rangers actually yes. and that's what, sack up. That's what I think Gio was saying is let's see if they're not. We've talked about this. The Blackhawks years ago, this was the one problem, even though they were winning. They, they didn't have an enforcer. They didn't have that. The, the tough the guy. Cajones, the guts, the balls to go into a fight or play physical like this they didn't they have weren't a built charm, for it you know so let's see what the rangers do with this it'll be interesting yeah the rangers are out of the playoffs they've got nothing to lose right capitals are already in and of course ovechkin's not going to play no because he knows that he would have a target on his back right very interesting i'm not usually that uh that in tune with hockey but this this particular story kind of tweaked my antenna so I wanted to, to make sure we covered that because this could be interesting. And we'll we'll cover next week the we'll, fallout from the, the rematch. Yeah, we'll see what <laughs> happens. All right, kids. We're going to take a quick break for a promo. We'll be right back with NASCAR. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. This is the Conquistador, Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And welcome to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the podcast. We'll drop every Thursday morning, covering all sports, including our favorite teams, the Bears, White Sox, and Blackhawks. We'll take on the topics and give you our opinions, giving you the lowdown that the other pundits don't have the balls to say. So, in the immortal words of Stuart Smalley, We're good enough, we're smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like us. Hey kids, welcome back. Sports Frenzy 2.0, the podcast on Cinco de Mayo 2021. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. And you will have to forgive us because we've had more technical difficulties this week. So we're so freaking hungry and thirsty. We're drinking beer and eating appetizers. And you're just going to have to deal with it while we talk about NASCAR. Because exactly. isn't that what you do at a NASCAR race? You yes. drink beer and you shove fried cheese in your face. What could be better? Because that's got to be what they were doing at the Bushy McBush Race 400 this past weekend. As we recap what happened in Kansas City. Damn you, Kurt Busch. You, yes. kept, you kept us from the ultimate trifecta. Kyle Busch wins the race. Congratulations. Ends a huge drought. And Kevin Harvick in the Bush light car finishes second. So, Kurt, you screwed up. We could have had a Bush, a Bush light, and a Bush finishing win place show at the <laughs> Bushy McBush 400. Yeah, but uh, good deal for, for Kyle Bush. I mean, obviously. And aren't you glad you don't have to drink every time we say Bush? <laughs> <laughs> Especially this week, yeah. Yeah, normally it's only two or three times. 
And that's maybe <laughs> that's not even counting NASCAR. <laughs> Your pick, unfortunately, Kyle Larson, who looked like he was going to dominate oh my the race. God, he was killing it. Got a little behind, forced the issue with Blaney and took them both out. And to his credit, he admitted it. He took the blame for it. So a little bit of respect for him there. Dave, did you do your homework this week? Did you, I did do my homework this week. Did you get me week. a breakdown of the Texas All-Star Race rules? I have your Texas All-Star Race rules. Six rounds, 100 laps of Texas-sized... What the fuck are you thinking? All right. Round one. It's going to be 15 laps. All right. It's going to be determined by a random draw. All right, that's fine to start the race, all good. Well, the second 15-lap segment is going to be determined by a random draw if they invert 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12 cars. So, whatever. Third segment is going to be 15 laps. And to start that, the entire field's going to be inverted from the second round. That's cool. I like the full inversion. Penalize your guys who finish first have to work their way back up in that one. All well and good. The fourth 15-lap segment, again, is going back to the random draw and how many they're going to invert between 8 and 12 positions. Ugh. <laughs> Get your abacus out, kid. It's coming. It's getting worse. And we, we are going to give you a diploma and a degree if you follow through on all this because there will be a test afterwards. The fifth 30-lap segment. This lineup will be determined by the culminative positions finished in the first four rounds. So if you finish first, second, third, fourth, add those up. And whoever has the best of where they finished will start on the pole and back. This is crazy. Calculus was easier than this. And to make things fun in that 30 segment, 30 lap segment, mandatory four tire stop. And it's Texas sized. The fastest pit crew will get a hundred thousand dollar bonus. So how many guys are going to come out of there with loose wheels? <laughs> going to be nuts. And then for the sixth and final 10-lap run, the lineup is going to be based on how they finished the fifth segment. And the one thing I like about this whole thing, only green flag laps will count. And sometimes at some tracks, I do wish they would do that during the regular races. Yeah, especially the short tracks, Bristol, Richmond, Martinsville, where it yeah. takes longer to clean up and they get around so quick. Yep. Now, in other NASCAR news, Atlanta is expecting full capacity for the July race weekend, which is great news. That's awesome. So we're getting back to normal. We are, kids. Um, Dale Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr., will be racing on September the 11th in the Xfinity Series at Richmond. Good for him. Scratch that itch. Do something a little different. And then, of course, today, the next-gen car was revealed. Um, I really went through all the the specs and all the details and all the information, and I really didn't come out with much that excited me and not really much I understood outside of the composite mm -hmm. body. And, you know, they said independent rear suspension, new rack and pinion steering, that, that's going to throw the crews for a loop on the setup on how all of that's going to work together. Yeah. The straight axles they had before in the rear, you had to adjust track bars and everything else. Now you got the independent suspension. That That's going to take a little tweaking to learn. And, of course, with safety and everything else, they're cookie-cutter cars. The only thing that's going to be different are the noses and the badges on the front. So now we move on to race 12, coming up this weekend, May the 9th. We're going to Darlington. The track too tough to tame, the Lady in Black. The Goodyear 400 throwback weekend. 
I like the throwback color schemes. Oh, they're doing throwback all week on Fox. I think uh, Friday Night Smackdown is doing a throwback <laughs> WWE week. So that's going to be kind of cool, too. Um, got six of our eight picks in from our panelists. Of course, we haven't hit our deadline yet for those. Still a couple hours away. But I am going with the Big Easy. He and I are both taking Kevin Harvick. I'm going nuclear. I'm already burning my third Kevin Harvick. My strategy is, now that Indianapolis is not a regular oval race, it's now a road course, I don't need Kevin Harvick for Indianapolis, which I would normally save him for, so I'm burning it now for Darlington. Not a bad pick for you guys there. And you have who? I am taking Denny Hamlin. He's what? due for a breakout win. See, that's what I'm thinking. It's got to be him or Harvick. One of those two guys has got to win here coming up soon. Um, so Denny Hamlin's a great pick almost every week. But again, we limit it to three per driver in the first 26. Yep. So you so. really have to be judicious in where you pick these guys. And then we've got the governor. Doug is taking Joey Logano. And the elder statesman and the big blue W are going with the hot hand, the guy who should have won last week, Kyle Larson. You never know, kids. All right, we got a couple uh, miscellaneous topics to hit here before we go to our fourth segment. Uh, here's a guy who comes off as a dupus, comes off as somebody who's just one step ahead of a professional wrestler in terms of the Mensa scale. Conor McGregor, well, guess what, kids? He's not that dumb. The guy is smart. He just sold his stake in proper number 12 Irish whiskey for $600 million. Not a bad payday. Kentucky Derby, Medina Spirit won. We don't usually talk about uh, horse racing, but this was Bob Baffert's seventh Kentucky Derby win as a trainer, which is the most all time. But the thing here is he's starting to compare himself to Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. You stand around with a stopwatch. You might inject the horse with something here and there. You tell the jockey, hit him now. Lay off. Hit him now. Lay off. So, yeah, I agree. It, it kind of, you don't want to venture into the territory of a, a real professional athlete. Versus a trainer. Yeah. For a horse. Sorry. But again, you, it's still impressive. Yeah. You're not the goat. You deal in horses, not goats. <laughs> Manchester United fans invaded the pitch, as they say, this past week because of the owners. Trying to start up that Super League we talked about. This just won't go away, kids. No, no. There has been a lot of bridges burned here, and soccer is imploding. And that's the only reason we're talking about it, because we love it when soccer implodes. The UEFA is now talking about putting sanctions on these teams, keeping them out of any championship series going forward over the next couple years, unless they come out and fall on their sword saying, we're so sorry. So far, they've got seven, possibly an eighth team doing so. They need one more to actually sack up and say, we screwed this up for this whole Super League to just fall apart and never to be heard from again. All right, kids, we're going to take a quick promo break, and we'll be right back with our last segment, including our moments of silence and the Red Foreman dumbasses of the week. Hey kids, are you tired of the same old boring snooze fest sports podcasts? You've come to the right place. This is Sports Frenzy 2.0. New episodes drop every Thursday. Featuring me, Kevin Crane, the maestro. And me, the conquistador, Dave Height. Just a couple Midwestern boys, well, middle-aged men, ripping apart the hypocrisy and debauchery Hiding under the rocks in the world of sports. We'll talk about the Bears. We'll talk about the Cubs. We'll talk a lot of football and a lot of NASCAR. Every Thursday, come check us out. And just remember, like AEW's MJF always says, We're better than you, and you know it. Hey kids, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Cinco de Mayo. This will hit on the 6th of May, 2021. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. 
One more bit of uh, miscellaneous sports news before we move on to our moments of silence. I have been debating with the Conquistador going back and forth about how we were going to handle talking about a certain hot button topic, which is transgender athletes in girls sports. I've been holding off on it, even with the controversies in the Dakotas with the governors not wanting to pass bills banning transgender athletes from girls sports in those states. But now Caitlyn Jenner has come out this past week. She is running for governor of California. A transgender athlete. Transgender athlete. One of the most famous athletes in American sports history. Yeah, if you if you live under a freaking rock, we'll explain that to you real quick. Caitlyn Jenner used to be Bruce Jenner, one of the most famous Olympic athletes of all time, specifically in the 70s. Yeah, winning the decathlon gold medal. So if anybody should be able to have some kind of an expert opinion on this, it, it would be Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner has come out and said transgender athletes in girls sports is unfair. And that's a direct quote, unfair, quote unquote. Yeah. So there you have it from somebody who knows what they're talking about on this issue. It is somebody from that. I don't know, for want of a better word. That that sexual, social realm. social realm, yes. Right. And I know it, it is hard for us to... I, I, I think you get tongue-tied like you did because... How do you describe it? We don't know what it's like to walk a mile in that person's shoes. We're not transgender. We, you know, we don't pretend to know what a transgender person feels or thinks. But at the same time, there are physical differences between a man who becomes a woman and a woman. There are certain changes in bone structure. Musculature. So, the hormones are there and have been there. And you cannot deny the physical aspects. And there's an advantage. There is an advantage. I'm sorry, but there is. Absolutely. Just because somebody changes gender from a man to a woman, it's not like a snap of the fingers and they automatically go from a man to a woman 100%. And they never, it never will be 100%. So, again, Caitlyn Jenner might be the one person out there who can be, who can make a difference and make some sense of this in the public realm, being a politician now and speaking on this topic. There we go. Let, let, let's let sanity reign. All right, moments of silence. Um, I'm going to let Dave handle this. He's got uh, all those who have passed away this past week in the world of sports. Yep. We'll start off with probably the big one in racing news. Bobby Unser, three-time Indy 500 winner, USAC champ has passed away. Back to racing. Lesser known driver who's kind of flirted with Xfinity racing, a couple of cup starts. Uh, Eric McClure has passed away. Young at 42. His dad was co-owner of Morgan McClure Racing, who back in the day owned the number four Kodak car driven by Sterling Marlin and Ernie Irvin. And then we have Courtney Hall, captain of the Chargers Super Bowl team, has passed away. So there you go, kids. Of course, thoughts and prayers go out to the families and the friends of all those guys. I mean, Bobby Unser is a huge loss to the world of sports. Now it's time, as we always do, to pivot and do a 180. You know, just when you think that we have hearts of gold and we love humanity, no, no. it's time no. for the Red Foreman Dumbasses of the Week. I'm going to start off here with the man that I ripped apart last week. Didn't officially call him a dumbass, but I wanted to. But like Tony LaRusso with Dave this week, it just seemed more appropriate 
to give him his own little beatdown in his sports segment instead of calling him a Red Foreman dumbass. This week he gets the privilege of the Red Foreman Award. LeBron has decided to whine and cry about the second year of the NBA playoffs play-in tournament where the lower seeds in both conferences are going to play to see who gets four teams play to see who gets the bottom two. Yeah. So seven, eight, nine, and 10 in both the West and the East will play to see who gets the bottom two, seven, eight seeds going forward. LeBron doesn't like it. LeBron said, no, it's, it's stupid. The idiot who came up with this should be fired. And that's pretty much a direct quote. Is, isn't he the one who liked it last year? Yeah, there's quotes out there that says he thought it was a great idea last year. So what changed? There's not a lot of difference in terms of the length of the, the schedule. Because they did shorten the year this year. Yeah. By 10 games. And, of course, the, the season last year was interrupted by COVID. And they came back and finished it off. I don't really think he can stand on anything involving the difference in the length of schedule. It's about the same from what he he loved last year to now what he hates this year. So once again, LeBron James, the big baby that he is, as I said last week, put on your purple and yellow diapers, suck your thumb, and whine some more, LeBron. Shut your mouth, play basketball, and stop acting like you're the be-all, end-all in terms of social issues, running the sport, running the world. And this is only because the Lakers have fallen to the point where they may have to participate. Oh, yeah, isn't that convenient that he, yeah, now he hates it. Yeah. When they're just a couple games out of having to participate in this play-in tournament. Suck it up and play the game that you get paid for. What you got, bud? I am going with Rashad Weaver, the Titans' fourth-round pick, who a week and a half before the draft wound up assaulting a woman in a bar because now it's unclear if it was on purpose or accidental, but she spilled her drink on him. And reports are he punched her. And knocked her to the ground. What the hell, dude? You're a massive guy. You can't sack up and take an apology. You have to respond with violence on a woman. There's no excuse for that. You are a piece of garbage for pulling that off. And I would hope that what the, that the Titans knew about this. Shame on them for drafting this guy with this pending. And, of course, we talked about this. Earlier, shame on them for now botching another pick because their first round pick last year was a mental wreck. Yeah. They got rid of him. The Dolphins got him and they cut him immediately after they found out what kind of a, a mess he was. Yeah. So it. So maybe the Titans front office needs to look at revamping their scouting department. Might help a little bit. All right. Oklahoma City. I know the Thunder have been to the finals. I know they're not necessarily a train wreck of a franchise. You know, they're not the Timberwolves. But the largest home loss in NBA history, the Pacers go in and defeat them by 57 points this past week. Embarrassing beyond belief. 152 to 95. What the hell kind of defense were you not playing? It's the NBA. They don't play defense. That's This is true. <laughs> and they're lucky because they were down by over 60 at one point. So it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So I have a final dumbass. It's kind of borderline sports related. But I'm calling out the Bureau of Prisons in New York for releasing on COVID furlough because he's an old white guy who might get sick. Former New York State Assembly Speaker Sheldon Silver. This guy only served eight months of a six-year sentence for corruption. What's that got to do with sports? This is a guy who kept MMA out of New York awaiting kickbacks. He made millions and millions of dollars accepting bribes. 
there's a lot of sports that were not allowed to take place or took place on this guy's say-so, depending on how much he was paid. It's an absolute travesty that these guys cannot be held accountable. So instead of being in prison, he gets to be at home. Wah. Shocking that there's corruption in New York, New Jersey, the Boston area. I mean, that there's nothing ever that goes... That's that's like a peaceful area of the United States. I know. It's like saying Illinois is corrupt. What? <laughs> what? Come on. It's all rainbows and unicorns, dude. Bullshit. <laughs> all right. My final dumbass to wrap things up for the week. I am upset with NASCAR. I am upset with Fox for daring to be as tone deaf as they were Sunday for the Bushy McBush Race 400. You're in Kansas City. It's bad enough. It's an alcohol-sponsored race. Good call. Very good call, Dave. Alcohol-sponsored race. It's a car race, yet you decide to interview in a very jovial, convivial way Andy Reid, whose son just got into legal deep doo-doo and destroyed a young girl's life because he was drinking and driving, not his first run-in with the law. And nobody, nobody at NASCAR, nobody at Fox looked at this and said, maybe this isn't a good idea this year, maybe 2022, but maybe we shouldn't do it this year. Hmm. All the stars aligned to make this a complete clusterfuck. And nobody caught it but us, the geniuses at Sports Frenzy, the Conquistador, and the Maestro. Go figure. That's why you need to listen to this podcast, because we will find out the stuff that ESPN Fox, NBC don't want to cover when it comes to the hypocrisy of the world of sports. Because the cheeseburger loving Andy Reid's beloved by all. No, he's a shit father. Hmm, sounds like somebody else we've talked about in the past. Maybe a Tony Dungy? Could be. But of course, we can't say anything bad about them because they're paragons of virtue in the NFL. We're paragons of fun. That's what we are. And you better tune in next week, kids. Sports Frenzy 2.0. We will talk to you next week. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. See you, kids.